Hey, this is Adrian Hernandez, and welcome to the NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. We're here to give you some extra time with our speaker and ask some of the tough and interesting questions you want to hear most. If you haven't already, we hope you'll watch the full Grand Rounds webinar recording to learn more. All of our Grand Rounds content can be found at rethinkingclinicaltrials.org. Thanks for joining. Hi, this is Leslie Curtis from the NIH Collaboratory Coordinating Center. And today we're here with Tom Carton and Keith Marsolo, who will be reflecting on data linkage within, across, and beyond PCORnet. Tom and Keith, it's, it's great to have you with us today. I think we're we're aware of the issue of data linkage generally, but Tom, I wonder if we could start by having you talk specifically about the problem that you're trying to solve and, and how you've approached it. Sure, Leslie, thanks. So this is a problem that came up very early on in ReachNet. So I'm the PI of the ReachNet Clinical Data Research Network, which is in uh, Louisiana and Texas with a good number of sites based in the greater New Orleans area. And one of the things that we wanted to deal with early was how we were going to handle the issue of uh, patient data across multiple institutions in the world of a limited data set, as is the Picornet Common Data Model, with only um, dates as the identifiers. And so we needed some kind of a technology to be able to link and to dedupe, mostly for the deliverable that we had at the time to Picori, which was longitudinal data capture. And so we investigated various methods, both internal and then external, and landed on a solution that allowed us to salt, hash, and then link in a four-party system with the vendor providing the salt, the partners providing the hashes, and then the ReachNet Coordinating Center at the Louisiana Public Health Institute providing the linkage. And we basically just created linkage keys that then we could then use for specific research use cases downstream. So we did this once with the governance that allowed for this process and then numerous times after for specific use cases to studies. I think from a Cornet level, we learned from the demonstration studies, specifically the antibiotics demonstration study where we were linking clinical data with claims data from the health plans, health plan research network, that local solutions are just that, local. So we had a, a situation where we were able to match and link with Humana uh, to fulfill our obligations for the ABX linkage and HealthCore and PedsNet did the same, but our methods were different, our timelines were different, and the study team had to deal with two different approaches. And so that really got a number of folks thinking, this was years ago, about how we might be able to approach a more global method across PCORnet where we could learn from the networks and their distributed experiences. So, Keith, I wonder if you could explain to our listeners what we mean when we talk about salt and hash. So a hash is, is essentially a, um, you take an input string and then it, it basically runs through a, a mathematical algorithm to output a, a jumble of letters and numbers of a, of a fixed length. And the idea is that the same input string 
or different input strings should not end up with uh, the same hash. And so it, it's essentially a, a way of, of encrypting the, the data um, uh, so that it's, it's, it's secure and it, it can be safely transmitted. A salt is essentially a, uh, a piece of text that gets uh, added to the input string um, so that if you uh, have two, two, two names of, of John, for instance, um, they can end up being uh, uh, different hashes. And so that's a way of protecting the data um, uh, if it's sitting there at rest so that somebody can't try to reverse engineer what the hash might be. Um, when, we, when we do linkage across multiple databases, um, we actually want to start to use the same hash uh, across patients because otherwise uh, you'll end up with, with uh, same salt across patients, excuse me, otherwise you end up with, with different hashes and then there's no way to determine that the same patient exists in multiple databases. Thanks, Keith. That was a, a really um, clear explanation. Um, and maybe let's let's continue. And I'd love to hear from you um, a little bit about the action plan that you came up with um, as a result of this, the work that you've done in Pocornet. Yeah. And so um, y- the way that we were framing it, I think the first uh, the first aspect was to uh, kind of provide some of the rationale um, for why we want to do this. What are some of the use cases that we think we can accomplish? And so, uh, you know, I think we proposed a, a very basic set of use cases initially just to prove that we could do this. And so that would be um, allowing us to uh, determine, you know, what is the overlap of across networks? Um, what's the basic number of patients across Pocornet? And then uh, you know, can we use that to generate what you know what you'd consider to be a table one in terms of the demographics and comorbidities and other aspects of of the network? Um, but I think ultimately, you know, really the purpose of this is to do uh, targeted research studies in a, in a much more uh, rapid and efficient process, and so uh, to do more things like the demonstration projects uh, uh, to allow us to do uh, surveillance and, and other types of research. And so, uh, you know, that was kind of how we framed uh, the discussion. These are the types of things that we wanted to accomplish. And then, in terms of just the the specific steps, uh, you know, we. Um, we, we laid it out basically in terms of, of governance and, and technology. And so uh, the governance were uh, related to things like uh, what parts of the common data model would we need to expand to uh, in- encompass um, this additional work? Uh, what type of um, IRB protocols would we need to either uh, establish or amend? And so I think uh, based on previous experience, it would be um, uh, most most uh, sites have a local IRB protocol that they use to govern their uh, their common data model activities, and so we we anticipate being able to amend that that protocol to cover that aspect of the work, uh, and then uh, just expectations around um, sort of the, what the study specific protocols would need to look like in order for. Um, uh, for people to do the work. Uh, and then there was a, um, a, a set of activities related to the, the PCORnet data sharing agreement um, uh, to just uh, make sure that the agreement that's currently in place uh, across the network would allow uh, the exchange of, of this information um, uh, to occur. And then, um, and then technology was, um, you know, just understanding um, uh, uh, what sort of vendors might be out there to provide this service, and then uh, based on some uh, landscape scans that landscape scans that had happened across the network previously, uh, you know, uh, developing a number of attributes that could be put into an RFP that would then be um, 
uh, sort of released so that Pocornet could could um, decide on a vendor to help provide this this software and this service for the network. Uh, and then finally, there would be a, a set of activities related to uh, the the distributed query infrastructure so that we could actually um, uh, execute these queries using the existing um, uh, query tools that we have for, for Procornet. Clearly, um, this was a, a really quite a significant undertaking for the, the team that worked on this. You know, I wonder, um, Tom, if you could touch on really some of the some of the challenges that that um, exist or that, that you encountered, maybe beginning on the governance side. Yeah, sure. I think Keith <clears throat> broadly outlined the approach and divided it nicely into governance and technology and touched on the, the IRB and the data sharing uh, processes. I think locally, when we first did this within ReachNet, it was difficult because we really didn't have any um, existing documentation or agreements. We had a, a IRB that governed the common data model, as, as Keith had said, and really had to socialize our preferred approach for data linkage from scratch with all of our participating IRBs. And so it was challenging to help IRBs understand that in many ways are not dealing with issues of computational data linkage, you know, to be able to speak the language that they could understand and to answer questions clearly and carefully to bring them on board. I think we have that same challenge across Pocornet in the level of experience of IRBs in dealing with these issues is heterogeneous across networks. So within our network, we've kind of already had these conversations, so I'm not super concerned about our IRBs being comfortable with the PCORnet-wide method when they're okay with the ReachNet method. However, for sites that have not tackled this issue yet, we're basically socializing these ideas from scratch. And as you know, there are different levels of um, conservatism across different IRBs, and you're limited by the the most conservative interpretations of what you're putting in front of them. So that's that's a challenge, and we're dealing with that as a work group by uh, basically bringing some experts across Pcornet together to create guidance documents that then individual networks can share with the IRBs. In terms of the data use agreements that we have in place across Pcornet, they're flexible in that they allow for growth of the common data model. And so we have conceptualized this as a growth of the current common data model with an additional table or additional elements within existing tables to accommodate for uh, the hashes that then can be used to do linkage. So from a global Pcornet perspective, we have A, learned from the experience of the individual networks, but then B, worked within existing Pcornet level governance. And so that's allowed us to lessen the challenges, but nonetheless, we still have the concerns of the IRBs um, at individual institutions and so forth um, that we're currently working through, as well as you know just the members of the expert panel and work groups that are concerned and represent the interests of their systems and want to make sure that this is done in, in a way that is safe and secure and translatable and so forth. Right. That that clearly is a priority for everyone, I'm sure. So I, I want to 
really conclude by thanking both of you for joining me today. Uh, really exciting work that you've done, and um, it, I have no doubt that it'll be both critical for uh, Pocornet, but for many others as well. Clearly, you've worked through many of the of the thorny issues that that exist in this area. So, thanks for joining us today. Um, Our next podcast will be validating a computable phenotype should results change a trial's pre-specified primary outcome with Gregory Simon and Susan Shortreed, and that'll be posted the week of December 3rd. Thanks for joining today's NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. Let us know what you think by rating this interview on our website, and we hope to see you again on our next Grand Rounds, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 